Criticism where? From where? Outside. Noise. From where? Twitter, radio. Yeah. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. Today's episode of Too Legit is brought to you by Lamp Apparel. Make sure to go to lampapparel.com to suit up for this winter. All these cool stuff. I got the L.A. Braun shirt. I got the Lewis House Don't Hey Meditate shirt. They're dropping fresh gear this winter for all your cold needs. You can clearly tell they didn't write this. I wrote this myself. For all your cold needs, check out lampapparel.com. Type in Too Legit in the box. Today's show is going to be a doozy. Because uh, talk about my weekend and observations just throughout my weekend. Very interesting. And then we dive into the World Series, which, yes, I was disappointed, but I got to talk about it. Then, a little NFL recap, because it was an interesting weekend of games, and we had a surprise firing. And the trade deadline is going down as we speak. Golden Tate got traded. Dante Fowler got traded. Ha ha, Clinton Dix got traded. It's all happening right now as we speak. And then... Top it off with some NBA talk, some observations, some really bad teams. We'll talk LA, Braun, Braun versus the media, and everything else, NBA. Thank you everyone for listening, let's get this party started. Awesome yoga this morning. I'm a big hot yoga guy for people who are new to the show. I'd be hot yoga in it three, four days a week. I go during the week, six in the morning, ass crack of dawn. It's still pitch black and I go. And that's a completely different crowd than the 10 a.m. class on Sunday. The Sunday 10 a.m. class is a whirlwind. But let's go back to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6 a.m. This class, I love this class. It's the same group of people. It's like working moms. It's it's husbands. It's dad, shout out to Jeff, Joe, Tom, Manny, and Eric. One of these is not like the other. Uh, they go to the morning yoga classes, either got back problems or, you know, they got, you know, they can't weight lift like they used to, or they're trying to stretch out their glutes or their quads like I am. It's a great 6 a.m. class. It's a fun communal class. This 10 a.m. class on Sunday is no holds barred. Shout out to my girl, Kelly Ba. Because on the website, it doesn't say the full name or the last name. It just says the first two names. So shout out to my girl, Kelly Bosch. She teaches the Sundays at 10 a.m. And for some reason, she wants it to be scorched earth hot. And you know what? I don't mind. It's an amazing class for it to be scorched earth hot. The only downside is there's 24 women and I'm the one guy. I don't know how much of a downside that is. But when it's 100 degrees, 102 degrees and you're sweating, you can barely breathe. Everything is foggy and you're surrounded by 25 women in Lululemon pants ranging in ages from 19 to 31. It's a completely different crowd. This is like the crowd. Like, okay, my boyfriend is watching football or he or he's playing ultimate frisbee at the beach with his friends or he's having brunch with his mom. I come to this 10 a.m. class because it's in the middle of football. Me, something called DVR. I like to be in the back. You know what I mean? I like to be in the back of the room. It's the hottest part of the room, not only that, but because nobody needs to be looking at my big old ass when I'm bending over, okay? So that's why I'm in the back, first off. And the second is, I like to see poses, because especially in this Sunday class, these girls are going for broke, and it's a spectacle. I, I, I appreciate athleticism to any degree. And these women are out here doing handstands on their head with the happy babies and the monkey poses, the gorilla pose, 
It doesn't matter. She's on her head, one-handed, feet in the air, feet like a pizza slice. Then she makes a T. I mean, it's unbelievable. These women are, are freak athletes. They're going to be creating all sorts of crazy babies, man. These girls are going to be taking over the private Catholic school sports in no time. And then I got my basketball coming up this week. The second week of basketball, guys. I joined a pickup adult league, and I must say, it is a lot of fun. So last week was the first scrimmage. Everybody got there. They just made some random tees, and everybody played. Had a good time. Keep in mind, this is the first time I've played organized pickup basketball of any sorts in about six months. So it went exactly how you thought it would go. Horrible. I looked like a puppy lost at sea. It, it, was, it was really bad the first game. First game, I was all... Second game, got my mojo. Started playing a little hard. Started pulling out the diet Nikola Jokic on everybody with the passes. I was overpassing. That was the problem. I was very unselfish. I was trying to get these dimes to people. I would get these rebounds and fired it to a wide open guy. And then they didn't want to shoot it. And then the guy would get mad at me for not putting up the layup. Look, man. It's all about getting the team involved. And I'll get my buckets when I get my buckets. And I was feeling great halfway through that second game until Captain Cardio, who is undefeated, decided to hit me right in the chest. The cardio bug hit me right in the chest, man. And I was really huffing. I was huffing the second half of that game. I was trying to do full. I was trying to sprint, bro. I was trying to run around like I'm Steph Curry going through picks. Nah, not not yet, not yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a week or two to get that cardio up. But nevertheless, it's very fun. And tonight I have my second scrimmage, and then we start the the season a week later. It should be fun. I wanted to be Ric Flair for Halloween. That was my uh, leading candidate for Halloween costume. I got the white pants, the pink polo, the excessive gaudy jewelry. The sunglasses indoors. I have it all. I have it all. Another theory, another possible costume was to be just like El Chapo, just shave it to the mustache and look like a 40-year-old pedophile and just walk around on, uh, on Halloween with a bunch of kids. That's a, great, that's a great costume. Or I can go with the Super Mario. Just get some overalls. And uh, that's enough about me. Leave some comments below how your weekend was. Let's get into the sports equinox. Let's talk some sports after the music. <laughs> Red Sox are the world champions, and my Los Angeles Dodgers have lost a second consecutive World Series. We joined the Texas Rangers in that infamous club of losing back-to-back World Series. Luckily, it wasn't as gruesome and heartbreaking as the Rangers ones. I mean, they were literally a strike away. We had no shot going into Game 5 after Kershaw laid it off, but let's start from the top. The Dodgers, the best in the West, they beat the Rockies in game 163, they won, They beat the Braves, and they beat the, the Brewers to reach the World Series. The Red Sox, the best team in baseball on paper. You look at the wins, they had the most wins. They have great starting pitching, great the best offense in the league. They beat the Yankees, 100 wins. They beat the Astros, last year's champs. And then they beat us, the Dodgers, in the World Series. AL crushing it. People don't even talk about the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. The Devil Rays won 90 games in the American League, and they weren't even close to making it. That just... That says a lot right there. The Dodgers and the Red Sox. Let's start off with game one. Of course, pick the Dodgers to win the series because I'm a homer when it comes to this stuff. And God damn it, after last year, 
I really needed that W. Unfortunately, the Red Sox did it. Game one, freezing cold, ice cold. You could tell the Dodgers were uncomfortable. You can tell the Dodgers did not want to be there. 30-degree weather. First off, who wants to be there in 30-degree weather? I don't. Dodgers lost. They were in that game one. 5-4, and then the pitching changes. The Dave Roberts pitching change of death. Ryan Madsen, a.k.a. the Red Sox MVP, came in and just leads, let, let, lets up. I'm sorry, that was Alex Wood. Alex Wood came in, let some runs in, and we rarely saw him the rest of the, the, the series. That, that game in at 8-4. Cool. I was not expecting the Dodgers to win game one. It's the first game. All the momentum is to the home team, right? Red Sox win game one. Game two, it's going down. The Dodgers actually take the lead in Boston, but that was short-lived. The Do the short the J.D. Martinez little squirter, and then that was a wrap. The, the Red Sox got a lot of good breaks. Alex Cora was managing very aggressively, and the, and the Red Sox won the first two games. There's not much to say. It was not a lot of scoring and definitely not a lot of offense on the Dodgers' side. But to the credit of the Dodgers, at least they're consistent because there was no offense in the NLDS nor the NLCS. Dodgers down 0-2, heading back home to Dodger Stadium. And oh boy, Walker Bueller, the new ace of the Dodgers, came out here and was like, yeah, look at me, look at me, look how I pitch. He shut it down. Charlie Brown. They pulled him. In comes Kenley Jansen for the eight-out save. Man, look. Kenley Jansen coming in for the eight-out save is not a good look. It's not something he does a lot. He only did it once all year. You know my man Kenley has problems with his heart. He's got, you know, I believe it's really affected him mentally as well as physically. Yet yeah, Dave Roberts puts him in the eighth. And like clockwork, J Kenley Jansen gives up the home run. Tied game. And now this game goes an extra 25 innings. This game is an all-nighter all the way to the 18th inning. This game right here ruined everybody's batting averages. I mean, it killed every ch everybody's chance at MVP for the series because everybody went 1 for 7, 0 for 7. That's why I figured that a pitcher would win the MVP. Nevertheless, this game finally ends when Max Muncy hits the home run oppo left field against Ivaldi, who pitched lights out. This man came in, threw 100 pitches, 6 innings of amazing work. Okay, I didn't even talk about Ian Kinsler. We'll get to that. Muncy finished it off, 18 innings. The Red Sox took the lead in the 13th, which was probably the end of it. That was probably the series right there. But Ian Kinsler, he slipped by the grace of God. He slipped because if he plants his feet, it's a closer play, and the run doesn't even score. No matter that Puig is saved, the run doesn't score. Ian Kinsler doesn't plant. The ball gets away. The throw gets away, rather. And the Dodgers tie, and the Dodgers win it. So the Dodgers got the W. You think the Dodgers have all the momentum. They got every single ounce of momentum going to game four. The Red Sox exhausted their bullpen. They exhausted the starting slash relief pitching for the game. Game four comes. The Dodgers. It's oh-oh. Shout out to my guy, Rich Hill, a legend in LA right now. Dick Mountain is his nickname. Dick Mountain pitched a hell of a game. Seven strong innings. The Dodgers were up 1-0. And then Yasiel Puig which I thought a statue was going to be built for this man after the NLCS, and then I doubled down on this. I doubled down on this! When my man hit the three-run bomb, he posed, Rodriguez threw his glove down, Kobe was there, and everyone thought the series was going to be tied. 2-2, except the Red Sox dugout. Everybody thought it was going to be 2-2. Puig hit that bomb, Rodriguez was there for one batter too many, and it was 4 nothing. Now we get to the 7th! We get to the seventh inning, and Lily, I'm sorry, not Lily, I keep thinking Lily, Rich Hill, pitching a gem, gets a guy on board, and then strikes the next guy out. He struck him out. And then Roberts pulls him, 
uh, to my disappointment. I would have just, I would have let him in there until he gave up a run. That's me personally. Ride him till he dies. The bullpen has been shaky. It's, it's, you exhausted the bullpen yesterday as well. Come on. Let's just let him finish it out. I don't care if he gives up the home run. It's let, it's not as much momentum in my opinion. Nevertheless, Dave Roberts pulls him out and puts in Alexander, who did not pitch in the NLCS. They replaced Ferguson and put Alexander in four straight balls. Walks the batter on four straight balls. And then Ryan Madsen came in. And you just had that feeling, man. You just had that feeling that Ryan Madsen, who is five for five and allowing runs, uh, inherited runs to come in, five for five, had two on, and just throws a cream puff over the middle for my homie Pierce to, or Mitch Moreland to bomb it. I mean, it had it was a no doubt about it. And it didn't matter that the game was 4-3. It didn't matter that the game was 4-3 and the Dodgers were still up. The momentum was sucked out of the building. I talked to a few Red Sox fans, and they're like, we know that feeling of not winning for 100 years or whatever it was. That 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 worry, that anxiety of, uh-oh, here they come back. And sure enough, Kenley Jansen, back-to-back nights. And I believe in the last two World Series, he's blown three games, right? He's given up home runs. Corey Seager hit that, that signature home run. Jansen blew it. Puig hit that signature home run. Jansen blew it. You know, it is what it is. I don't know if Jansen's a shot fighter. I don't know if Kenley Jansen's a shot player, man. He was pretty he was pretty solid during the during the regular season. No, he had the irregular heartbeat and he wasn't the same after he came back from the DL, nevertheless. Back to game four. It's four three, and then all hell broke loose. They tied the game. The the Red Sox blew the game open and it was over. And after that game, you knew it was over. Kike hit the bomb in game four to get it within three, but you knew it was a wrap. The series was over at that point. The energy was gone. Game five was here. You figure, you know what? The Dodgers are going to win this game. And they're going to send this series back to Boston and take the L at Fenway Park. No sirree, Bob. Clayton Kershaw, two minutes into the game. Two-run bomb. Not great for Clayton Kershaw's legacy in the postseason. Up to nothing. Then the homie David Freeze, who was one of the three players to play today, who actually showed up for the Dodgers, he hit a home run. It was 2-1. It was a close game, but they played defeated. Manny Machado, in his first at-bat, said it all. It, the body language said it all. This man was already focused on his $300 million contract from the Phillies and the Yankees that I don't think he's going to get. I think he needs to hold out for the Angels to overpay. But man, Manny Machado with the total fuck it, I'm over it attitude in game five. It is what it is. All his warts and blemishes came out in this postseason on full display in front of a national audience. I wish Manny Machado the best of luck on his future endeavors. Corey Seager's better. The three players that only played in game five were David Freeze, Justin Turner, and Yasiel Puig. Those are the only three guys that had hits on base percentage and gave a shit. Puig's passion infects me. I love Yasiel Puig and his passion for the game, his energy, and his emotion. How can you not love that? There's so many sports writers out here that talk shit about Puig. John Heyman, they're all, they don't like the emotion, but when Walker Bueller or Joe Kelly or David Price screams off the mound because they're not Latino... It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. They're showing emotion. But when the when the fiery Latino player shows emotion, they call it out. Something I don't like about uh, a certain uh, demographic of Major League Baseball. Dodgers lose. Red Sox win. A lot of questions for the Dodgers. It looks like they're going to keep Dave Roberts. Uh, you can make an argument. I was on the boat where you got to let him go. It's time. It's two World Series in a row. It's hard to recover from a locker room like that. It's hard to recover the fan base like that. It's really tough. But it looks like they're going to keep him. And the counter from probably Friedman and company is who's out there that's better. Who are you going to replace Dave Roberts with if we let him go? Well, Chase Utley's out there. 
It's, it, that's a direct uh, lineage into the into the locker room. Mike Sosha is going to be available. Mike Sosha is coming home, even though probably not the best hire. So they're going to stick with Roberts. Three NLCSs, two World Series is, is hard to walk away from all that success, especially when we had that, you know, failure beforehand. And as a credit to Dodgers fans, we're acting so entitled. Look, would you rather be the Padres and, lose, and win 40 games a year and not even be in it or be in the championship game and in it every year? It's your call. I'd rather be in it every year. So, Dave Roberts, I got to support you, even though I was in favor of you not being there. If you're staying, got to back you up. Lots of other decisions. Got to sign Ryu. I don't know if you re-sign Kershaw after that opt-out, man. $65 million for, like, a number three starter is a lot of money. And it does not fit into what the Dodgers do. So, we'll see what happens. Lots of questions for the Dodgers. The Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox are once again the favorite in Vegas to win the World Series. So... Not much has changed. Congrats to the Red Sox. Tom Brady does not lose in Buffalo. That's not his thing. And you knew the sure bet was there going to be a, there was going to be a pick six in that game. And sure enough, Derek Anderson who I think was working at a Dollar General last week or something, or he was working for his, his father-in-law. He was nowhere near the football field, and now he was the starting quarterback for the Bills. And, of course, he was going to throw a pick six, and the game ended, what, like 24 to 6 or something? I love that Sports Center went to Buffalo. That has to be, like, one of the highlights of being a Buffalo Bills fan is when ESPN and Chris Berman come to town, and they circle the wagons, and everybody's jumping through tables. Nevertheless, Patriots looking good again, looking like the class of the AFC once again. I can't wait for the Chiefs-Patriots AFC championship game. What else happened? Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic brought the magic back. Deshaun Jackson is like, yeah, you know what? You don't have to trade me anymore. You brought my boy Ryan Fitzpatrick back. You cannot break the bond when you guys share chains. Fitzpatrick put on the gold. He put on the diamonds of Deshaun Jackson. Now they're best friends for life. Fitzmagic led it all the way back, a two-touchdown deficit against the Bengals, and he almost got that W. Brian Fitzpatrick is now the starting quarterback in Tampa. Tampa Bay's got to figure it out, figure out what they're going to do with Jameis Winston, a.k.a. trade him by today, because you have no future with him, clearly. You're clearly going to move off of him. You should trade him to Jacksonville or the Giants or somewhere else, because clearly he's not in the future. Let's talk Rams and Packers. The Rams? I thought the Rams were going to lose this game. It was 10-0 in, in the first half. Second quarter, 10-0. This had all the makings for a trap game. They had three straight games on the road. Half of the crowd was Packers fans because a lot of people from the Midwest moved from that god-awful weather, and they come to beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. And people have to remember that when that team comes one time, one time a year, those super fans... Or saving up their money to go to that one game a year. Like, oh my God, the Packers are in town for the first time in X amount of years. We're going. Like, that's what they do. They save the money and they go to the game. Also, they, they were kind of surprised that the Packers fans kind of took over Coliseum. Are you serious? The Packers, behind the Cowboys, the Packers are America's team. They always travel well. It's Cowboys, Packers, Steelers, Saints, Chiefs. Those, those, teams, those guys always travel extremely well. And if, and if you're watching a Charger game in Los Angeles, you're pretty much, it's an 80-20, 90-10 split. 
So I was not surprised at the Packer crowd at the Coliseum. What I was surprised is that Aaron Rodgers handed the ball off to his running back when he was balls deep into the end zone, and that safety changed everything. It was 10-2, and then the offense finally woke up for the Rams, and it was a tightly contested game. It was 29-27 in the fourth quarter, and you just had that hunch when the Rams had a punt. You had that hunch that Aaron Rodgers was going to lead that team. Down the field, and Mason Crosby was going to kick the field goal 30-29. It was a wrap. Aaron Rodgers, that's what he does ever since in the Cal days. He comes to the LA Coliseum and gets Ws. This time, he was trying to get a W over another Cal quarterback. Ty Montgomery said, no, 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 Aaron. No, 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 A-Ron. A-A-Ron. I got this. I'm going to run it. I'm going to run this back. I'm going to run this back. Was it a punt or a kickoff? It was a punt, right? It was a kickoff. It was a kickoff. Nevertheless, Ty Montgomery got the ball, and he's like, you know what? I'm eight yards in the end zone. Tough shit. I'm going to run this ball all the way back and take it out of the hands of the best quarterback in the league and probably the best quarterback, you know, stats and dimensions-wise, like from from a pure quarterbacking standpoint, the best quarterback in the past 20 years. I mean, on pure talent, I'm going to take the ball out of his hands. I'm going to run it out. I'm going to fumble it. And the and the Rams won the game on a fumble. I can't wait for next week. The Rams go to New Orleans. That's going to be a tough game for the Rams. May even see that O go. Other NFL news, anything, anything exciting? The Browns lost. And the fifth time in a row, the Browns have fired the coach after the second Steelers game. Fifth time. Shout out to PFT for calling this out. They fire Hugh Jackson on Monday and Todd Haley. They just completely cleaned house. It was really bad. What did they expect from the Browns? They're 2-5-1. and one. Did you really expect them to be 4-4 four and four and fighting for the division? I mean, really, Jimmy Haslam. What are you doing? The Browns are a mess. I expect Lincoln Riley to be the leading candidate or Urban Meyer if he has to leave and retire from Ohio State. The fact that I shot Sean McVay as a possible candidate made me LOL. Very loudly, because how many first-round picks do the Browns have to give up for the Rams to trade Sean McVay? Sean McVay is the new Belichick. Sean McVay is the boyhood genius. Sean McVay can recall a play from four years ago in a random quarter. He's an amazing human being. They're not trading him. Carolina beat the Ravens as the shocker. The Raiders are still extremely terrible. The Colts are kind of back. Andrew Luck looking solid with an O-line and a healthy appendix or kidney or whatever was messed up with him. Looking pretty solid. Texans look good on the Thursday game. They just acquired Demarius Thomas. Breaking news. Just acquired Demarius Thomas because Will Fuller got hurt again. And he is out for the year. Oh, we had the Jacksonville Eagles uh, London game. The London game happened. The Eagles won. Blake Bortles. Boy, here you're gone. Jacksonville tanking it. That whole division. I think the Colts are going to win the AFC South. Celebration of the week goes to the Seahawks doing the Nolan Ryan Robin Ventura enhancement in Detroit, the reenactment. Incredible. Shout out to the Seahawks. Look out for the Seahawks because they're healthy again. They are healthy, ladies and gentlemen. They may sneak in. What are the six NFC teams? Look at the NFC North. The Vikings. Kirk Cousins. Yikes. I don't even think it's all Kirk Cousins' fault either. It's just he's been put in a situation where he has to be the man. And he, you know, he's playing really good, but not. They're not Aaron Rodgers level to what the Minnesota faithful want. AFC West is the Chiefs. The Chiefs are ridiculous, guys. The Pat Mahomes is amazing. The defense is the worst. But you know what? They just have that mentality like we're going to outscore you. Can't wait. 
Can't wait for Rams Chiefs Monday night in Mexico in a couple weeks. My top five teams right now are the Rams one, New England two, New Orleans three, Kansas City four, and you got the Chargers at five. Basically because they were on the bye week and Minnesota took that L. So I moved Los Angeles up. Carolina's finding their swag. Look out for Carolina. Washington is winning the division. Look out for the Skins. The most racist team in the NFL. Shout out to Washington. May win the NFC East. Because the Cowboys, they're too busy watching Dodger games. Jason Garrett, the clapper. He just claps a lot on the sideline. That's his thing. Was at the World Series game. And you know Cowboys fans get really angry. If they see a football player or a coach who's not studying or, or watching or playing or training football 24 hours a day, they freak out. Especially if you're not crushing it. Now, if Jason Garrett was 8-0 or 6-1 or something like that, you ain't going to hear from anybody. But it was not a good look for Jason Garrett because the Cowboys fans are looking for any reason to fire him and get rid of him, not renew his contract. But he's out here living his best life. He just got Amari Cooper. Let him do his thing. I hate I hate when fans get on players like that. It's like when Yasiel Puig was at the Laker game before game three. They were very mad at him for enjoying life. Look, it, it's they got to get away. You can't be involved in that, especially if you're taking L's. You don't want to be stirring up. You're already hearing it from your family, your friends. You're already feeling the pressure from everyone around you. So I don't blame Jason Garrett for going to that game. Side note, shout out to Todd Gurley for taking that knee before scoring the touchdown. It's the smartest play. 100% win probability when he does that play. The only people mad are the people in Vegas who betted the nine points and the fantasy owners, which I get. There's money on the line and there's something at stake. But look, Todd Gurley only cares about W's. He doesn't even care about his own stats. In 2015... He had a chance to score his first ever rushing touchdown, and he decided to do the same thing. This is what he does. He's a classy, unselfish guy. And I would not want it any other way. Shout out to Todd Gurley. Keep doing your thing. Rams keep winning. Why are you complaining? For NBA history, he got it! 14 threes in a game. Has never been done until tonight. With an NBA record, 14 three. And that touched off the entire Warriors celebration. 14 threes for Clay. Never been done in NBA history. NBA talk this week. We got to talk about my guy, LeBron James. LeBron. LeBron James is struggling a little bit with the Lakers. They're two and four. They just, two and five actually. They just lost last night to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves didn't have Andrew Wiggins. And that could be a positive or a negative depending who you ask. But they didn't have Andrew the Wiggins. And they lost. The Lakers had a big run in the fourth to get it within two. And then Jimmy Buckets, who nobody likes on his team. Jimmy Butler only likes Jimmy Butler. Scores the go-ahead three, puts him up five, and that was a wrap on the game. The Minnesota Timberwolves are the most dysfunctional team in, in basketball right now. They can't. They don't like each other. They hate each other. Like They don't dap each other up. They don't want to pass the ball to each other. They're really bad. And I'm not even talking about the Wizards. The Wiz- we'll get to the Wizards. They're in, a, they're in a special pedestal. But right now, the Wolves, they don't like playing with each other. And they won. They beat the Lakers. Ingram was coming back. He looked sloppy in the first half. Looked good in the second half. But they lost. And LeBron is getting impatient, ladies and gentlemen. LeBron told the reporter. LeBron versus reporters is still the greatest rivalry in L.A. right now. LeBron versus reporters. This reporter was all up in his grill. And LeBron let him know, uh, I'm getting impatient with you. Preaching patience uh, this whole year. At what point does that patience run out? And, and what do you look like as a leader when your patience does run out? Um, 
You probably don't want to be around when my patience run out. I'm serious. LeBron's not having it right now when he's not impatient. He's going to turn on the Hulk, and there's going to be a lot of trades coming next month. Once that December deadline happens, a lot of trades coming. Once Kevin Love's thing in January, you can trade him. A lot of things are going to happen. This Laker team is going to look very different. This is what LeBron does. He completely revamps and rechanges teams when he gets there. That's his thing. Luke Walton, I don't think you're going to get fired. I think you have that Eric Spolstra uh, swag. LeBron can't get him fired. Lots to see about the Lakers. The Wizards are really bad. They were my surprise bad team. And they're really bad. I saw them play the Clippers yesterday. Or Sunday, rather. And they're, they were playing... They were playing like a guy in Pro-Am in NBA 2K. If you're playing online with five other people and, and that guy doesn't pass the ball, he just shoots it every time he comes down the court. That was it. It was like a glorified pickup game where whoever would take it down the court would shoot it. Whether it was Porter, Ubre, or Wall. They just hate each other. They don't even try. And the big red flag was when Kevin Durant took himself out of the game against the Wizards. This happened, what, last Friday? Where he took himself out because they weren't even playing competitively. He's like, take me out of this game. Because these guys are trash. They're not even trying anymore. Sub me out. Like, Kevin Durant has too much respect for himself to play a washy game. Like, he enjoys basketball. And the Wizards are playing at such a poor level. That's not even enjoyable for the other team. That's crazy. Wizards got to make a trade. I'm looking at Bradley Beal to the Sixers right now. That's looking like the best trade for the Wizards. It fits perfectly for the Sixers. If you send Dario Saric and Markel Fultz to the Washington Wizards, the Wizards are going to say no. And are they going to just stay with this team? Are they going to fire Scotty Brooks? John Wall's contract is impossible to trade when that $40 million kicker comes in next year. However, Phoenix is out there, and they, don't need a, and they need a point guard. They don't have one. And, and we, it's been proven that Phoenix makes really, really bad trades. So if I'm Washington, I'm trading John Wall for a pick and maybe Josh Jackson and Trevor Reza maybe or Tyson Chandler, and they're going to flip Tyson Chandler or wave him. Something. But the Suns would take John Wall, I think. That's a, that's the only team I can see with the cap space and with the lack of point guard for Booker and wanting to win now and please Booker. I can see John Wall going to the Phoenix Suns. But the Wizards are a dumpster fire. The Clippers are fun. OKC is still trying to figure it out. They got their win against the lowly Suns. So we'll see. They play the Clippers today. So we'll see about the Thunder. I still think they're going to be that team that ends up in the ninth spot. Look, people forget last year. Between three, three, three seats and the ninth seat in the West was separated by three wins. Why can't OKC be that team to be left out? Why can't the Clippers sneak in? Why can't the Nuggets, who are flying off the charts, are unbelievable, really deep, fun team to watch, make the playoffs? They are going to make the playoffs. They're missing Barton now, which is tough. Utah is good. Still not to where they were last year. Still a fun team to watch. The defense is there. That's for sure. Big highlights so far of the week is Tyron Lue got fired. Cleveland Cavaliers 0-6. Kevin Love missing games. What did you expect? Dan Gilbert, the biggest jerky owner. He's, he's owned that team for, what, 15 years? And he's gone through seven coaches already? What, seven coaches in five years and three GMs or something like that in one owner? Like, he never gives GMs and coaches a second contract. He wants coaches to come in here and win 65 games. And this guy, Dan Gilbert, will still not admit that LeBron James runs the show. LeBron James, you didn't build a good team around him in his first wave. In the second wave, he came back and made it happen and made you spin. Dan Gilbert, 
Bold prediction for Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert's going to sell the Cavs. He's going to sell the Cavs. He's gonna, or he'll do a franchise swap with the Pistons. I'm not surprised. He's Mr. Detroit. He's a Detroit guy. I'm still expecting a franchise swap, especially because LeBron is probably going to go back there in 2024 after his contract's up. What? You think I'm crazy? 2024 LeBron's deal ends. 2024 is when the All-Star game is going to be hosted in Cleveland. 2024, LeBron will be 37, and he may play his last year in a Cleveland uniform with his son, who will probably be the number one pick that year for Cleveland because Cleveland is going to be very bad for the next four years. Other highlight of the NBA talk, I'm just rambling about the NBA right now that I'm seeing some keen observations. Celtics are good, but I think the Raptors are the best right now in the East. The Raptors are so deep. And they're playing at an all-time defensive level right now. I'm loving what I'm seeing when they put that five-man, where they put Ibaka at the five. I think it's Green, Lowry, Anubi, and Kawhi. That lineup is unbelievable defensively. Milwaukee's undefeated. Look out for Giannis MVP talk if they keep it up. Coach Bud, he flipped around the Hawks. He's amazing. He's a good coach. And now he's doing great things with Giannis. Last point of the NBA talk I have is Klay Thompson. I love me some Klay Thompson. When Klay Thompson gets hot, it's a video game. Steph Curry shuts down the internet when he's hot. Like, Steph Curry is the new no-hitter. Like, back in the day, like, if you knew a pitcher was throwing a no-hitter, everybody would try to watch the end of it and see if he watches a no-hitter. Steph Curry hits four threes in a row. Everybody is on their league pass. Everybody ignores what they're watching and watches Steph Curry on NBA TV or nationally televised. And he goes off. He's so fun to watch. But when Klay Thompson gets hot, He's unbelievable. This man scores 39 points in a quarter. And last night, the Chicago Bulls, the worst team in the league, I said they may score 200 on the Bulls. And they could have. The Golden State Warriors could have scored 200 last night on the Bulls. Klay Thompson broke the, the three-point record for a single game, 14 in the game. He could have gotten 20. This was a laughing stock. The halftime score was 92 to 50, guys. 92 to 50. This team, if they played all four quarters, would have scored 200. They could have been the first team to score 200 in a regulation game. Now, I know all about sportsmanship. I know we want to be nice to the other guys. It's in Chicago's hometown. Look, this is the year where Steve Kerr has to stop being a nice guy because he has a team full of villains who want to do this stuff. I say Steve Kerr embraces it for just a couple games. Get to 200. Let Steph get to 85 in a game and let Clay shoot 23s in a game. Break all those records. And then Durant, Durant could put up 100 in a game too. But I want to see Steph drop 85 in a game. It's very, 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 very possible. And you can tell Steph is coming out gung-ho. Guns blazing this year. He's going for the MVP. He can get the MVP if the Warriors win 63, I think. If he shoots 55% from three, you know, 55, 50, 90, something like that. Steph is out of control. But Clay last night was unbelievable. And it was kind of like a video game where they just kept giving them the ball to shoot. Everybody knew what the deal was. And you got to love teammates who encourage you and bring you up on your accomplishments. Those are real friends. Those are some real friends who are happy for your other accomplishments. He loves it there. He's out here doing what he wants. If Clay's like, you know what, dude, I want to go. I want to I try and score 23s this game. They do it. But holy, 52 points in 27 minutes. Shout out Clay Thompson. Talk about efficiency. And that's it for me today, guys. Thank you for listening. To Too Legit with Alex Fernandez, this Friday show coming up, we're going to be talking UFC. We're going to be talking NFL money lines and all the updates from the NBA. And the big shout out of the week this week is to John Lupegigi. I can't even pronounce his name right. He's a soccer coach in Europe. This man 
has been fired from two premier jobs in less than four months. That is an absolute achievement in the world of sports. He was the Spain coach, got fired, and then got fired from Real Madrid. Unbelievable. That's my uh, shout-out of the week to Juan Lapagigi. Thank you, everyone, for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast fix. Thank you for watching on iTunes and Instagram. My name, again, is Alex Fernandez. Thank you for listening to Too Legit with Alex Fernandez. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, all that good stuff. I'll see you Friday.